Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the uh, Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast. Thanks so much for joining and for listening. And if you want more content like this, check out yesodblocks.com. We have a lot of wild stuff going on over there, so feel free to check it out. And if you like it, then subscribe and join the growing Yesodblocks family. Also check out our Tikkun HaYesod uh, series. It's on Amazon and on iTunes, which is using these profound, deep, and systematic, and integrated, and holistic Torah concepts to battle the dark side of the internet. So check that out. Tikkun HaYesod on Amazon and on the iTunes store. So in this episode, because it's Erev Shabbos, so I wanted to do a halacha that actually is a Shabbos halacha. Um, we're going to turn this into kind of like a sub-series within the daily podcast series. And so the, uh, the, there, there's, there, there's a lot of different kinds of uh, halachos of Shabbos that are actually really lend themselves to the approach we're taking in this entire podcast series because Shabbos halachos are, are filled with details and there's just so many things to know and to, to kind of uh, figure out how to apply them and when to apply them. And I think that what really helps with doing that, just like with all of Halakha, but with Hilchel Shabbos, it's particularly uh, powerfully true, is that when you understand the underlying mechanics of what Shabbos is and, and what it's for and how it works, so then a lot of these Halakha, not only do they start to make sense, uh, but they also are almost like they become much more intuitive. So it's it's less about memorizing a list of details of things you have to do or not do, and more kind of getting a sense of exactly what the day is about, and then the details just start to fit in, and then it's very easy to remember. I mean, at least for me, uh, I have a hard time remembering long lists of details, but when you explain it to me in the context of an integrated story or a system which kind of makes sense and all fits together, then it's actually much easier for me to remember, and I can kind of, in my mind, I can journey along these different branches of ideas and say, oh, I remember that now because since this is the core principle, so now I can basically move from here to there and I can use my Bina faculty to calculate out what the uh, what the actual halacha was if I've forgotten what it is. And then later when I look it up, it's like, oh yeah, there it is. That was the halacha. Uh, and it's also, it'll allow you to actually intuitively come up with things that sh- that you think should be the halacha. And then when you actually learn more and more of the halacha, you'll say, you'll see right away, oh yeah, that actually is in the postgame and in the Shulchan Aruch, because once you understand what Shabbos is in a very underlying and profoundly Kabbalah Machshava level of understanding, so then uh, then all of these things really click into place. So we're going to start the, just right in the beginning of the Hilchel Shabbos. This is Simon Reish Membez. Uh, in English, that number is 242, if you want to check that out, Sif Aleph. And the very first halacha that's found in Hilchel Shabbos is actually about a concept called Kavod Shabbos. And Kavod Shabbos is uh, it's a funny thing, because... Most, the vast majority, the vast body of halacha of Hilchel Shabbos is about things you're not supposed to do and what you essentially need to not do to avoid damaging the the energy of Shabbos. So it, there's a whole long list of things to not do. And when you do them, so then you cause problems, you cause damage to the entire creation uh, of Shabbos that you're trying to uh, per- perpetrate. So, and there's a few halachos and a few uh, you know pieces of uh, of information that are what you use to actually create the energy of Shabbos, right? So it's like there's a long list of what not to do. Don't here's how to not damage your relationship. You can think about this like also you know in a marriage, um, if, if you if you think about it as there's a lot of things you're not supposed to do to damage a marriage, but like what do you do to actually build a marriage? Like that that's actually fun. It's pretty funny, but it's actually much harder to articulate those things because it's uh, it's very very incremental and very nuance and there's a lot of just you know slow process development going on when you build a marriage and when you destroy a marriage it's actually not so hard to do you just do things that are that are kind of like your natural inclination to ignore another person and then you slowly begin to uh, simply deconstruct the 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 marriage I don't, I don't mean to like destroy like to undo a marriage like in a halachic sense i mean 
causing damage to the relationship dynamic that, and the energy of the marriage by behaving in ways that are not uh, not conducive to that. So it, with, the, with 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 Hilchos Shabbos, so we have this particular example, this this halacha of kavod Shabbos, and this is what it says in Seif Aleph. Uh, it describes here. This is a quote from the from the tour, and it's basically based on a Gemara. So it says here, somebody, even somebody who doesn't have a lot, if you don't have so much so much wealth, um, if you have a little bit of your own, uh, you know, resources, then you should try to um, honor the Shabbos, And that's basically the the halacha that we're talking about here. Is basically just you need to try to. Honor the Shabbos. What exactly does it mean, lechabed es Shabbos? So, in the Mishnah Brewer here, he brings a ton of examples of different things that you can do. And the bottom line, at least for you can kind of simplify it for now, is to try to buy foods uh, for Shabbos that are special foods and to dress in special clothing. In other words, human beings basically have certain kinds of uh, ways that we can il- indicate our our valuing of something and the ways that here that are described are are buying certain special foods and then wearing special clothes so let's just dig in for a second into exactly what it means so the word kavod it comes from the word kaved which basically means heavy or impact it's like something that is that is heavy means it kind of it, it, it you feel its impact upon you you feel its presence you feel its 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 mark uh, it leaves a mark because it's of its weight. And so when you want to be mechabed somebody or something, it means behaving in a way that illustrates that this is something which is impacting you, or in simpler terms, it means behaving in a way that illustrates that this is something which is important to you. So on its surface, you know, just the phrase lechabed es Shabbos basically means you should try to treat this day as if it's a day that's important to you. And so if you have certain days that are important, let's say, you know, a birthday of a loved one. So when you have a birthday of a loved one, you try to to show that that day is important to you because that day is an extension of the love that you feel of that person. And so you say, okay, so this day now is an extension of that. I have to actually try to, uh, you know, through the day itself. It's not, it's not, not only do you, do you um, try to show the person that they're important to you, but you can sort of say this day is important to me because of what this day means, because of what happened on this day. So that's the idea at, at its core, just kind of like a simple a simple understanding here uh, to understand the importance. There's, a, there's an importance to this day. But then, of course, you have to ask the question, okay, so what exactly is the importance of this day? In other words, why is there this, this halacha of trying to honor the day? What exactly is so important about it? And this is where we really start to get into the, the uh, classic uh, we'll call it the cultural colloquial way of describing this versus the the machshava Kabbalah level understanding of the underlying mechanics. So often when I was growing up, people would tell me, well, Shabbos is a special day because it's a day that Hashem rested. And so we rest because he rested. And that was something which kind of worked for me when I was younger. But it was kind of striking to discover that it was still said to me when I was much older and I was, you know, like just at a, at a much more uh, advanced age. And I was just kind of still getting that answer and still hearing that answer being taught to adults and just trying to figure out to myself, okay, like Hashem rested, so we also rest. There's like two weird things about that. One is, uh, what does it mean that Hashem rests? That does not make so much sense because Hashem 
presumably is a source of all energy. It doesn't experience uh, scarcity of energy the way that we do. And so the idea that, that, that Hashem needs to rest in some form or chose to rest, why is he resting? What does it mean to rest? It, like, how does that, that he, 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 and also what does it mean that, that, he, that he rested on the seventh day? I mean, for Hashem, it wasn't really, it wasn't really days the way that we have days, it seems like. Uh, you know, the Medrash seems to indicate that these were not days that actually were 24 hours long. These are phases of, of the, uh, and, and processes of creation. So the seventh day didn't even really exist at that point in the way that we think of it. Uh, so why is Hashem resting on the seventh day? Are you going to tell me that it's because it's Shabbos? Well, it's only Shabbos because he rested, right? I mean, isn't it since Hashem rested, now the seventh day became Shabbos, and now we also rest, which is, again, the second problem here, which is just because Hashem does something, why do we do it? Uh, and so we have a Gemara, which sounds like, well, if you imitate Hashem, then you can kind of like, you know, you can be like Hashem in the world. And that's something which is a good idea. But why? What exactly does that even mean? And, and, and what, you know, what's the, what's, the, what's the end game of that? What's the point of that? So let's just dig a little deeper here for a second and just uh, explain a couple of things that are going on here. So first of all, when Hashem rests uh, in, in, the, in the creation story, that does not mean that now there's like a seventh day and Hashem is now, is now tired or and he, has, he has to take a break and rest. There are seven phases of the unfolding development of existence that we call the world, that we call the universe. And those seven phases, each one had a different energy and a different purpose and kind of like a different, a different uh, theme. And they actually, a lot of them happen simultaneously. In other words, uh, the these these different phases, it's not it's not like they they were they were linear uh, in their presentation. That there was just first phase one and then phase two. A lot of these pieces of these stories actually happen simultaneously. Which, by the way, if you just read the stories and you read the medrash, you'll see that right off the bat because it doesn't really make so much sense that uh, on day three there's like development of trees and grass and plants, but on day four we get the sun. I mean that the sun is is the energizing source of trees and grass and plants, and the order is a little bit it is odd to say the least to have that play out that way another another in indicator is that phases one two and three are parallel phases four five and six they are actually like just to give an example phase one is this uh this supernal light that is basically the, the humming backdrop of the universe and phase four which is parallel to phase one is the the smaller light the light of the sun the light of the moon it's kind of like the uh we'll call it the the step down version of the light and you go through days one and four and days two and five and days three and six you'll find that they are all analogs to each other and they mirror each other in different ways because they are concurrent. They don't actually happen in a linear form, which then begs the question, well, what exactly is phase seven? What is this this last phase? And so phase seven is actually characterized by Hashem not resting, but by Hashem stopping. And what that means is that Hashem actually was in, in a state of, of evolving creativity. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of things being added and changed and, and, and you know, uh, added to the system, essentially, in his creative process, but there is, a, 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 when Hashem stops, so that basically means that now the adding of new things, the the frenetic process of creativity is now ended, and now there is simply a stable environment where there is room for people to do things, which is exactly what the last paragraph of the story of creation actually says. It says that Hashem, it says, Hashem basically finished all these things. He basically stops from all the things that he was doing. Um, he basically then, he gives a special, whatever this means, we have to, we're not going to analyze this right now. Um, so that's the day that Hashem stopped from all the malacha that he was doing, uh, that, he, that he created to do. 
and that there, and there the midrash says, well, what does it mean he created it to do? He left things for us to do. In other words, he basically stopped, and now the process of evolution of existence is going to be taken over by us, and we are the fragment aspects of Hashem's consciousness. In other words, we're now the the we'll call us the step down version of Hashem's consciousness, the the limited form, the the amnesiac. We have forgotten the totality of our own divine connection with Hashem, so we just experience ourselves as individual fragments that are separate from each other and from Hashem. And then we are inside of the system now, and we're pushing it forward, continuing to move it forward from that which Hashem basically stopped moving things forward. And he left these things for us to uncover, us to unfold, for us to discover, and to construct and to build. And so that's basically, we are now these, these and that, that, that's exactly why we um, imitate Hashem, because we are actually uh, at our core nature, we are Hashem's nature just now in a finite form, manifest in a finite context. And so that, that, that's the essence of who you are. You are, as we mentioned in the earlier episodes, you are a divine self that is endless and, and irreplaceable and immortal. And you are, you are locked inside of a physical construct that you use to manifest that, that special energy and light that you are. So that irreplaceable and, and priceless energy that you are, which is what makes a human being uh, worth something. That's, that's what makes us special because we are this irreplaceable phenomenon, each one of us. So that's what Hashem did on the seventh in the seventh phase. But the funny thing about that is it's actually the seventh, you know, if I asked you when did the seventh phase happen, you'd think to yourself, well, it happened after the other six phases. But it's actually not, not, not the case because when Hashem stops and that now leaves a stabilized environment that we can actually count on and 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 uh, use you know kind of uncover and and, and use to construct things this is the whole pr uh, premise of science by the way which is that the universe has rules there are stable truths about the universe that we can rely on and then harness and build and that's actually how we can then do things here because there is this stability to the system so that stability is not just something which happens at the end of the six phases it happens much earlier than that it happens in the very beginning in fact the mentor says that the very first uh, line in the Torah says that Hashem actually created the whole system initially with all these uh, all these rules and all these regulations that stayed through, and then everything after that initial initial burst is just the unfolding of the physics laws that Hashem imprinted into reality. So what that means is that the seventh phase w is actually encompassing; it's a surrounding phase. It's the it's the context phase. In other words, the basic rules and regulations of how existence functions, which makes it a stable environment that plays out in a predictable way, at least predictable if you have enough if you have enough data. So that set of rules is the meaning of the seventh phase, and Hashem actually did that at the very beginning and it actually continued throughout the entire creation process and then when Hashem, you know when, when the when what we experience as the frenetic creativity of the universe of the of the of the planet of the cooling down of the planet all these things that happened uh, in the physics of, of the universe around us so we see that as chaotic because we are used to a very small scale amount of stability but you know the universe actually plays that played out and unfolded according to a stable set of rules too and so but then when Hashem, when, when the Torah tells us that Hashem actually stopped to make room for us to actually do things here so that's the seventh phase that it, in in its fully actualized form, where now within our environment there's actually a total level of stability, uh, even for us. And so, what comes out of that, what you know, the takeaway is that if I asked you now, okay, when did the seven phase start and when did it end? The answer to that question is the seventh phase started at the very beginning, and it's still going on right now. And not only is it going on right now, it's going on right now in in, in its in its uh, fullest form because Hashem is right now. He's he's basically. Uh, left a stable environment for us to do things here, and then it's all 
on us now to, to create whatever it is that we can create using these stabilized rules and regulations. And so Hashem is now in a state of stopping. He's in a state of making room, of basically of leaving us a stable, a stable context where we can harness things. And so that is exactly what it means that Hashem, quote, rested. It's not, it's not that he's resting because he's out of energy. Hashem stopped creating things on purpose at a certain point in order to, to create a context for the fragment versions of himself, the, uh, the partial divine aspects the partial divine consciousness fragments that we are in the world to continue the story and now bring it forward in an evolutionary and an an evolving process. We are the process and development aspect of Hashem's self. We are the growing and changing and evolving towards greater and greater states of consciousness aspect of Hashem's self. And so that is what we are here to do. So if that's true, then what does it mean that we actually have like we try to, to do this uh, this Shabbos thing. Well, Shabbos isn't just about resting. That's that, that's that's the tricky part here. You know that we unfortunately get caught up in because we get we get confused by the way people people talk about this. But we think of it as resting because we get tired and then we're like, oh, Hashem also rested. And then it becomes this weird problem where, oh, how could Hashem rest? He doesn't get tired. And so the the paradigm shift here is that Hashem stopped in order to leave a stable environment for us as partial fragments of Himself to evolve. And now what we do is we also stop in order to leave room for the total consciousness that is Hashem to be a, a presence in our process. In other words, if you uh, and so if, if you if you want to um, uh, let's say just be be the creative self that you are, so then you can just create, 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 create. But what can happen is the more you create, because of the Eitz Adas, you can start to really hyper-identify yourself as your creativity. You can start to think, you know what I am? I am just the creator. I, that's my that's my nature. And then you start to you you basically start to see yourself in a way that is distorted because you're much more than just a creator. You are an endless self that has creative power here. But you have a whole larger arc of your story that is also manifest in your relationships and not just through your creativity, through a lot of things that you are. And so what that means is that if you get very heavily embedded in your creativity, you can start to over-identify with it to the point where it actually starts to undermine the rest of your arc and the rest of your development as a, as a, as a burgeoning consciousness fragment of Hashem's self in the world. And so what you need to do is you have to do a lot of things to try to, to, try to temper that and to not let distortions of your identity uh, break into your, your perceptual landscape. This is literally what we've been speaking about the last few episodes because it's the core principle of the Torah, essentially, one of the core principles, at least, that you are you are at risk of distorting the, the identity that you have of yourself based on whatever things you are into in your life. And one of the things you can be into is your creativity. And so what we do is we basically say, okay, so we have one day a week where we pull back from our creativity and we actually uh, make room for being passive, for being uncreative and the and the goal in doing that is to basically uh, to reduce our over identification with our own creativity and our own creative power and to recognize that there is that which is outside of us that we have to uh, uh, you know feel or respect or identify with even like significantly more than how we identify with our own creative power and so that is literally what the definition of what of what Shabbat actually is what Shabbos is we're going to develop this a lot further in the future Shabbos episodes but the takeaway here is that is what this day is it's a day where we basically stop creating to show that we are able to stop creating to show that we are not creating simply out of habit because we just always create and this is just who we are but instead but when you are able to stop creating 
and to actually take a step back from that, then you're showing that the rest of your creativity is being done intentionally and you're doing it at will. You actually are, you're not lost in it. You're not just doing it out of habit or out of over-identification. You actually know who you are. You actually do it by choice. And so that is what the stopping is for. And so we, and, and that's why there's, there's a lot of applications of this, a lot of implications of this, which we're going to have to develop. You know, there's a lot of things that we do on Shabbos besides just uh, try to honor the day. And so here, the mitzvah of, of Kibbutz Shabbos, what it is, is basically trying to show the day is important. It's important in that you're, you're basically, um, you're showing that you are not the only creator in the story. That there is a there is a much bigger story here, and the story is not just about you. So it basically allows you to pull yourself back from over-identifying yourself with your own power, uh, which can be a very arrogance-oriented perspective towards seeing yourself as part of a much larger whole. But there's a lot of other things we do on Shabbos, right? Like we actually do rest, we do sleep, uh, we also eat a lot of good food, we're supposed, we're supposed to learn Torah, there's a lot of things that we're supposed to spend time with our families. So these are things we're supposed to do, and we're going to need to click all those things also into place as we go through these halachos, but at least as a beginning of a core principle here, so I think we can at least, uh, um, I, I want to say, undermine uh, some of the more cultural ways we think about Chavez as just Hashem rested, so we rest, something like that, uh, to really instead give a lot more context to understanding what exactly Chavez is, and then to take that and build it out into the other halachos that we're going to explore on future Arab Chavez episodes. Hope you enjoyed that and that it added something to your Chavez experience. And thanks again so much for listening and for joining. Check out yoursoblocks.com and join us for future episodes on this t- channel as well. Have an awesome Chavez.